I don't know what to say, guys. Sorry it took so long. Um, my laptop upstairs somehow didn't want to get the, the camera and the microphone connected to my Chrome or Edge. And I tried to look into the settings of uh, Windows and everything. It just didn't want to do it. So now I'm right here with all the cats around me. So be forewarned, there will be some cats running around and meowing and begging for attention because normally I'm in the studio room where it's nice and quiet. So um, let me load up Patreon. And then I guess we're just going to do this until all the questions from Patreon and YouTube are answered. <sighs> Man, the amount of swear words in the dictionary of the United States language is not enough for how frustrated and angry yours truly is right now. Uh, where is it? All right, let's do the YouTube ones first. My channel. You guys can hear me all right? Oh, if the audio and stuff is good enough. Otherwise, I go into G-Hub and then uh, update the audio settings a little bit. Um, let me see where the freak is the Q&A. All right, here. Uh, man, what a day, dude. Where are we? All right. So we're just going to do some uh, questions from the YouTube page first. All right. So let me load these in so we can get those out of the way. And then we'll ask the bazillion questions on Patreon after that. Because <laughs> there were many. And I'm 55. Can I say, can I swear? No, not yet. I'm 55 F minutes too late. I'm going to wait a few minutes before. Uh... Babe, can you take uh, this cat upstairs? <laughs> Midnight, I'm trying to work. All right, let's get started with these first. Man, I look so ugly in this camera. But the show must go on. <laughs> All right, here we go. Cod Dog Styles asks, hey, legend. Yeah, not today. Update from post three weeks ago. I've added the Aromasin 12.5 milligrams Monday and Friday morning alongside the testosterone. Also changed the ACG for, to 250 IOs Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. New blood taking at trough so that's uh, an hour before the monday pin so it's two days after the last injection but only uh what is it you know, two days after the last hg injection and uh you know three days since the last testosterone injection prolactin 300 uh yeah that's high estradiol 62 okay that's better than before progesterone still okay total t um, let's say uh, 1000 nanograms per deciliter free t uh, SHBG is a little bit on the low side. Should I add in another 12.5 uh, milligrams of aromacin on Wednesday? Uh, yeah, you could do that. It will bring your um, estradiol down, obviously, and then thus your prolactin will go up. But in this case, you know, your prolactin might not go up as much as you would expect. So I would say, um, you know, besides the 12.5 milligrams of aromacin that you can take, look into 500 milligrams L-tyrosine plus 100 milligrams vitamin B6, B5P twice per day morning and afternoon to increase your dopamine levels. 
and then your prolactin should be a little bit uh, lower. And again, if you're smoking weed or taking Kratom or a, a frequent masturbation, um, then your prolactin levels can also be a little bit high. If you're taking a growth hormone secretagogue that you're not telling us about, they can also raise your prolactin levels. So um, start with 12.5 milligrams aromacin on Wednesday extra on top of the uh, 500 milligrams L-tyrosine and 100 milligrams vitamin B6 twice per day. And then uh, do your blood work again about four weeks from now. See where you're at. I mean, your estradiol might be 40, 45, and then hopefully your prolactin is around 200 to the point your libido is 10 times better. All right, next one. Henry Pham asks, hey, Steve, um, I've used between 150 to 300 milligrams uh, testosterone and Primo. He's cutting, and when I crank it up for a solid 24-week growth phase, eight weeks on 350 to 250 uh, test and Primo, 16 weeks, 500 and 350 milligrams of Primo. Wondering what your thoughts on dosages ratio is for a growth period. Well, if you're going to grow, what about your food? I mean... You know, isn't that the most important thing that is, uh, you know, relevant to what you're trying to do? So why don't you increase the food first and then you can improve the drug? So if you've been cutting for a while on 150 milligrams of test and 300 milligrams of Primo per week, why don't we bump up the food first and keep the dose the same? All right, make as much gains as you can. And then when you stop making gains and you're just getting fat from the food, then you go to uh, 350 test and 250 Primo, right? And then, you know, maybe that's 12 weeks, maybe that's 16 weeks. Who knows? You'll have to track the parameters. So, again, increase your food first. And then, uh, depending on your uh, response, sure, you can crank up the test more than the Primo, but you might be aromatizing more than you expected. And thus, uh, you're more water retentive than you're, um, you know, might want to be. So, if you don't want to increase the Primo because it's too expensive, look into aromacin to control your estradiol. And again, do your blood work before and, um, you know, four weeks into every adjustment to kind of see if everything's going into the right uh, direction. All right. Marcus Aurelius asks, how much would you expect HCL to drop after adding 2.5 to 5 milligrams anovar daily on a, to a test cycle? Um, I don't know, 5 points, 10 points? It goes quite <laughs> fast. You know, and it depends on how much test. So let's say your HDL is 50 on a, a TRT or just regular test cycle. I would say 40 is not unreasonable, but if you're already 40, then 30 is not unreasonable to hear. And if you go to 25 milligrams on a far, then your HDL is probably 20. So um, get on that fish oil, fish oil gain train and get on the citrus bergamot and eat some healthy fats and uh, maybe take some azetamide to get the LDL down. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully your HDL doesn't drop too far. Filippo's Jim asks, hey, Steve, what are your thoughts on your himbine as a fat burner? Great, but robolcine, right? The alpha your himbine that grow mind uh, sells, discount code Vigorous, uh, 10% off, 20% kickback for me. Sweet. One second. I got I to gotta put one cat into place. One second. All right, so this is Link. Link, buddy, you are being too naughty today, so you're going to stay with Daddy. Yeah, I know you want We call him Sink now because he pees in the sink. All right, but I'm not looking. Yeah, yeah, you can look at Bobby all you want, but now you're with Daddy. Okay, so you're going to join the Vigorous Q&A? Um, no, 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 no. Oh, oh, no. You're stuck now with me. 
Yeah, it sucks what you asked for. Okay, so what are your thoughts on your himbine? Uh, I prefer a wall scene. I hope you guys can still hear me okay. I prefer a wall scene because you get less side effects. Now, the jittery and the, you know, the cold sweats and that kind of stuff that's kind of dose-dependent, but I like three milligrams of wall scene before fast cardio, and that way um, you get a good amount of fat loss, even though when you look at the receptor, um, you know, binding potential, your himbine is a little bit stronger compared to robulcine, but I would say milligram for milligram, the fat loss is pretty much identical. Um, and if anything, if there's a little discrepancy, you know, in the, in the receptor binding, all right, you run robulcine on a, uh, a dieting phase of 16 weeks, a week longer, 17 weeks before you get the same results. No, 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 no. You are now with me instead of in the kitchen. Yeah, it sucks. Oh. Oh, all right, he's out of here. But if you misbehave, then I'm going to judo chop you. All right, let's answer some questions. Uh, Nick, is there a general estradiol levels uh, where you believe AI or uh, or AS, anabolic steroids, like Mastron or Primo, needed to be introduced? Um, you know, I would say anything over 60, I would introduce, and it depends on how, how high your testosterone is. So, if the reference range goes up to 44 and you're 60, then you're what? Uh, well, let's say 33% out of the reference range, right? So if your testosterone is 33% out of the reference range, let's say 1,300, 1,400, 1,500 nanograms per deciliter, it's a little bit more, that's 50% out of the reference range. Um, then in that case, uh, yeah, and your estradiol is higher than that then I would introduce an AI. But, you know, if you feel good, you look good, your SHBG is good, your lipids are good, and your estradiol is, uh, let's say, 50, 60, but your libido is great, then you don't need to introduce an AI. Unless you want to use the uh, mastron for prima and primaballin for anabolic purposes, then, you know, might as well increase the testosterone a little bit on top of that so you get favorable estradiol levels. Again, these are just numbers on paper. Uh, they don't always represent the amount of estradiol that you have in tissue. So you have to, before you go in for blood work, you make a little bit of a diary for yourself. How's my libido rated from one star to five? How's my, uh, you know, my skin uh, quality, uh, uh, texture, elasticity, water retention, et cetera, on a scale from one to five. And then, um, you know, your lipid management, which is in place, your citrus bergamot, your fish oil, et cetera, right then on a scale from one to five. Then go do your blood work, look at the numbers. And if most of it is good and you feel good, then it's fine. And if some of the numbers are a little bit off, but you still feel good, then it's also fine, right? We trade the patient, not the numbers. All right. Pumpy Dingus. Hey, Steve, I want to attenuate a central nervous system fatigue from weekly max effort deadlifts. I deload every fourth week. What's the max be a good choice or set up the dosing protocol? With, uh, what would the max be a good choice? And if so, what dosing protocol would you recommend? I would say a thousand micrograms uh, split over two servings of 500 micrograms. So, um, and I would do that for a couple of days. So I would do that maybe for two or three days leading into the max event. And then at least a week after the max event. Um, but you know, if you're doing it weekly and not once every four weeks, then you're basically on some the entire way through, but some uh, is never as potent as potent as cerebral lysin, five milliliters, 10 milliliters. Um, that certainly attenuates the CNF uh, fatigue a lot more. And then, of course, you can also look into propanolol or uh, nebivolol, which helps with, um, you know, the sympathetic drive and kind of brings you back into that rest and digest state um, post-workout. So you would take that directly post-workout, not pre-workout, um, because for max effort events, 
you would like your uh, sensory nervous system to be firing and your heart rate to be high, right? At least for the recovery. So maybe propanolol post-workout to bring you kind of back down once a week, maybe the day after as well, because it has such a short half-life. And then uh, you can kind of calm and chill and, you know, have a normal night's sleep. But Samax so is uh, on a scale from 1 to 10 compared to Cerebralizin. I would rate it a 4, maybe a 5, depending on the dose and the duration that you're taking it. And, uh, you know, if you can afford and administer 5 to 10 milliliters Cerebralizin, I mean, that's, that's pure bliss. Yeah. Very good sleep quality, very good recovery, um, very zen-like. And, um, yeah. What I did notice is that, you know, from all so much neurotropic aids, I cannot bring the anger to the gym anymore. So keep that in mind. And if you need anger and, and rage and, you know, madness in the back of your head to do these max efforts, then, uh, yeah, this max cerebralizing or fluvoxamine might not be a good idea. I haven't trained with that kind of a rage in, uh, well, two years now. Not that I miss it, you know, but, you know, that was required at the time that I was kicking ass. Thomas, do you think 2,000 milligrams vitamin C has enough of an antioxidant property when you're using around 500 milligrams of test and which you need more uh, when you're adding in 70 milligrams of tramp a week? Um, I would say so if you're also taking uh, N-acetylcysteine and maybe glycine with that, right? The glycine-NAC uh, combination is all the rage nowadays. Taurine has a lot of antioxidant properties. Vitamin E has a lot of uh, antioxidant properties. Maybe you take injectable glutathione once or twice per week, right? I would say that 2,000 milligrams vitamin C is a good starting point. But, you know, when you're on 570 milligrams of steroids per week, I would like to see some NAC, some vitamin E, some taurine. And uh, I wouldn't shy away from 5,000 milligrams vitamin C. I mean, it's freaking cheap, dude. So, plus it helps with collagen deposition. So, if you want to put on slabs of tissue... And, uh, you know, you need some collagen synthesis alongside of that. Why not add in more vitamin C? It's super, super cheap. 500 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams per meal. Um, yeah, but it attenuates post-exercise stress response. <sighs> I want to slap those people. But not with my hand. Just with a sledgehammer. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you're doing a test-only cycle with AI, what markers would you check? If you get them checked before halfway on cycle and at the end of the cycle, um, testosterone, total testosterone doesn't have to be free, but SHBG is important. So you get the free anyway, uh, estradiol, obviously, and then your lipids. So you don't have to do full, full blood work every single time. I, when I go in for blood work every month, it's just, you know, a hormone panel, lipids, and maybe something that I'm interested in. And then complete blood counts, maybe every two to three months, hemoglobin A1C every three months. Right? Liver enzymes, depending on how hard you're training and what you're taking, uh, you know, uh, kidney markers, ideally every month if you're just getting started or if you're in a high dose cycle. But if that's not the case, like when I'm cruising right now, I do my full blood work every three months and then checkups, depending on what I want to show on YouTube um, every month. So if you're checking before halfway and somewhere at the end, uh, before I would do full blood work halfway, you just check your testosterone, your lipids maybe your liver enzymes, and then at the end you check everything again and then, uh, you know, proceed with your cruise or if all your markers are okay and you're still kicking ass and chewing bubble gum, um, yeah, why don't you up the dose and keep grinding? <laughs> you know, I mean, 16-week cycle is so outdated, you know, start low and then run like a 26- to 30-week cycle and then at the end you're in a high dose, but in the beginning you still make phenomenal gains right? because you're also eating a lot. Jake. 
I'm not sure if I'm feeling the mind-muscle connection you talk about from Anivore. Does that effect happen immediately or do you need daily dosing for a while before I feel it? I'm doing three milligrams to the lingo. Yeah, but, you know, three milligrams is a bit of a girly dose, right? So how about you go to 10 milligrams of lingo and give that two weeks? You should definitely feel the mind-muscle connection and otherwise um, start sourcing your Anivore somewhere else. So, yeah, I mean, I, there's nothing like Anivore in my opinion, when it comes to mind-muscle connection. But your dose might be uh, too low for the amount of muscle mass that you contain. So three milligrams is cute if you're a girl, but it's probably not uh, enough if you're a beast. Even though five milligrams of Anivar, I can feel. But, you know, I've been at this uh, for a while. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, pardon my uh, experience. Thomas, I'll take the 1% less gains for the benefits of uh, what? Oh, the from the vitamin C, yeah, just yeah, pay that shit no mind. That's that's just natties hiding behind the scientific literature, and then uh, wondering why they're still small, you know. And they they exclude everything that's supposedly anti-anabolic, and they're still small, you know. So relax, dude. Jake Applebaum, why would uh, why would growth hormone cause erectile dysfunction? I was fine the first six months, but when even when I use one IU, nortropin causes me not to be able to keep it up. Um, I don't know. Go do your blood work. Maybe your prolactin levels are elevated, right? A growth hormone can interact with the prolactin receptor and vice versa because the, the structure is very, very similar. I think, what was it, 30, 40, 50 of the amino acids are the same? Well, the first part of the sequence is the same and then it kind of differentiates. Of course, the growth hormone molecule is much larger. Um, but, you know, if it can interact with the prolactin receptor and get your boner down, then that's the case. But I've never heard of anybody um, getting erectile dysfunction from HGH. If anything, they wake up, um, you know, at night with raging boners fully engorged with the uh, growth factors. All right, Thomas, is 1,000 milligrams glycine enough? I take that at night uh, either way to sleep. I, I take 1,000 milligrams glycine with every meal now. I feel fine. So, you know, I mean, if you want to sleep, I think 2,000, 3,000 milligrams glycine is uh, getting the job done. I take 1,000 milligrams five times uh, per day over the day, I think alongside 1,000 milligrams BCAs and uh, what was it, uh, 500 milligrams Betator, just to see if that would elicit some sort of anabolic response. Um, and I do feel a little bit bigger, but I also started eating a little bit more because I'm prepping to get back on the gain train soon. Yeah, just waiting for those two two lines on the pregnancy test. Okay, let's answer a couple of uh, questions um, from the top. Then we go to Patreon. Then we go live because all those people are so desperate to throw me their money through Super Chats to get the questions uh, answered. <laughs> Matt Mason. Hey, Steve. Uh, could adding 40 or 50 milligrams of Mastron propionate to, H, uh, to TRT exacerbate uh, forearm stiffness and tendonitis? I do a lot of gripping at work. Uh, oh, it's technical difficulties, which we had in start. Okay. Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, it will lower your estradiol levels, but a real forearm stiffness from that little amount. I mean, if you add in like 20 milligrams of Anivar, you can get some forearm stiffness. Make sure you're on a, you know, a good amount of taurine, 5,000 milligrams per day, 1,000 milligrams of taurine with each meal. Drink a lot of, uh, enough water, and once in a while do some grandstand technique. I mean, the reasons why I'm wearing these robes is because I'm black and blue of grandstand technique. Um, yeah, that has to be done. So, 
maybe look into that, you know, some proper massage therapy and just go with the Mastron to control your estradiol levels and look a little bit cosmetically better. But sometimes you need to put in the work and do the deep tissue massage therapy and the grassland technique and then get rid of all these issues that you have um, with stiffness and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And if you're doing a lot of gripping, then you kind of deserve a massage here and there on your forearms, you know. So let me see. Did I miss anything? A lot of questions of me bitching about technology. Uh, here we go. Nick Woodhouse. What's up, buddy? Hey, Steve, do you recommend everybody, whether on TRT, uh, cruising or blasting, takes Tomasartan? Your thoughts on, as a myostatin inhibitor? <laughs> Some guys are getting desperate. Yeah, Tomasartan. Oh, oh, it's the yeah God's gift to the bodybuilders. It can even block myostatin. Guys, read the scientific literature for yourself. Nobody needs to be on Tomasartan unless you uh, need to modulate your blood pressure or you want to use it preventatively to prevent uh, heart enlargement. Yes, it has its place, just like Nabivalol has its place. But trust me, your heart will still enlarge. Even on Nabivalol and Tomasartan, as proven from my echocardiograms. Why? Because I actually love training. Right? Nick knows this because I met him at BPC Fitness, where I was training um, drug-free, well, besides the HCG and FSH, and uh, he's still putting in the work, right? Nick, uh, if you're still here, I'm sure you will vouch for it. And I'm not until Masartan. My blood pressure doesn't go up. And even on TRT, uh, my blood pressure really doesn't go up. And if you're only, if you're still going to get heart enlargement because you're training crazily, um, that's a condition called athlete's heart, which is still going to manifest with blood, blood pressure medications or not. Um, you know, I think just use it as a blood pressure medication. All right, and and if you go on high doses of growth hormone and insulin, okay, higher dose of um, telmisartan might be warranted, or another ARB, right, valsartan, etc., might be warranted because you hold a lot of water and it can modulate your angiotensin aldosterone system positively to the point you um, don't look so fucking bloated. But then again, look at Chase Irons; he's still bloated. He's an 18. I use a growth hormone and uh, 80 milligrams of telmisartan, still bloated. Not crazy bloated, but still bloated. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, yeah. Don't don't listen too much. Like all these compounds are somehow magic. They are there for what they're there for, as an ancillary, not as a myostatin inhibitor or as a fat loss aid or, you know, ways to secretly control your hematocrit. I mean, these guys is full of it. All right, man, you're so itchy on this side of my nose. I don't know why. Uh, okay, we answered all the questions here. There's only three people left, so let's let's go to uh, Patreon. Where are we? Man, what a day, dude! Completely threw off my rhythm. Hopefully, the internet connection is good today. And at one point we can go public and everybody's like, Steve, where were you? Why are you late, bro? What's wrong with you? You work for the community. Uh, <laughs> Pompey Dingus, do you have any tricks for cutting a pill into eights? Uh, just go to Amazon or another website where you buy your supplements. Even iHerb has them. If there's those tablet cutters. 
And, um, you know, you cut your tablets into fours that way. That's easy to do. And then you use a razor to cut them into eights. Now you can use the razor from the start, you know, one of those uh, disposable razors, the old school ones that you have to screw. And then the top opens up like, ah, right, that sound effect. And then you put it in the top, like the, the real razor that you have two applications for besides shaving your face. Uh, one of them is making lines of coke or speed. And then the other one is cutting tablets into eights. All right, so pick your poison or choose your destiny, I would say. Um, use the tablet cutter to cut it because it's more convenient, and then you use the razor to cut them into eights. But if you don't want to buy the tablet cutter and you already have a razor, right, one of those old-school razors, use that way. Or if you want to go crazy, you uh, dissolve it in Everclear and then, uh, you know, shake it up in a syringe. You put the tablet in the back of the 3 mil syringe, you put in the plunger, push out all the air, you draw in the Everclear, you shake that up, and then you take one-eighth of um, of the liquid that you now dissolve the tablet in. You can do that, too. All right. Darius, how high in America is uh, too Excuse me. How high in America? Hemat not America. Hematocrit, Steve, is too high. And what would be the point of imminent danger? Also, is there any ARBs or ACE inhibitors that really help in long term hematocrit? And... Could they be used a better alternative for a phlebotomy? Um, Analopril, that is actually quite dramatic. I think it's like 2.5 to 5 milligrams analopril per day brings your hematocrit down quite readily. Um, apparently, 40 to 80 milligrams stilmosartan brings it down also, but I still had to do consultations with people on 80 milligrams stilmosartan on a heavy cycle that still needed to do blood donations and didn't suffer from sleep apnea. So, again, blanket statements, do your blood work, that will tell you more than just uh, taking the telmosartan or enalapril. And also methylene blue can, uh, at very high doses, just keep your hematocrit under control. Um, the upcoming uh, Endurance Deep Dive Part 2 uh, discussing the EPO and variants next week, already recorded. So uh, a lot of disclaimers in there, though, because, you know, people are, they uh, just listen to the dosages and they're going to apply it without listening to the disclaimers and the prerequisites, unfortunately. So, uh, how high? I would say anything over 56%, unless you're an endurance athlete, and a 58 to 60% is okay. Again, if you're living the lifestyle and you're doing everything you can to keep the blood viscosity in check. Um, imminent danger is, of course, if you're dehydrated and this your uh, blood volume actually goes down and your rheumatoid goes up, and that's the risk for clots. Um, and, and again, you know, 40 to 80 milligrams selmosartan might help. ACE inhibitors, I'm not really sure if they can bring that down. Or, um, you know, 2.5 to 5 milligrams of nalapril might keep that in range. And otherwise, uh, you know, 50 to 100 milligrams methylene blue. But I would rather um, have you get sleep apnea diagnosed and uh, do fasting every three months, one week. That will bring your hematocrit down with two points as well. So I never had to donate before I ever took telmosartan because I fasted like a man with balls. Once every three months for a whole week. Didn't eat. A matter could have been done two points. Never had to fast. And it's on a heavy cycles of two grams. So, yeah, maybe that's just me, though. But I like to put in the work also. All right, here we go. Aaron, where are we? <clears throat> Aaron. Hello, coach. PT one for one nasal spray really worked well for me. Do you think oxytocin nasal spray would help with a stronger connection with my finance? 
finance added on my libido fiance <laughs> stronger connection with my fiance added on top of their libido uh if they're taken at the same time yes yes oxytocin pt141 and Samax, all at the same time um yeah i hope your fiance not financed <laughs> <laughs> is uh is ready for action so yeah go for it man i mean oxytocin the problem is you build up a little bit of a tolerance so start low 10 ius maybe 25 ius 50 ius don't go over 100 ius but i know some people really like that uh, so you do maybe half a milligram pt1 for one 50 ius or lower oxytocin and then 500 micrograms Samax. uh about an hour two hours before you want to get busy and um yeah um you know <laughs> bring your raincoat or bring her a raincoat i would say <laughs> you know what i like that i asked people to you know be respectful of the 200 uh characters limit right nobody nobody gives a shit <laughs> so here's a three-part message from aaron coach if i have some uh, growth hormone coming i would like to use it to enhance my sleep because i only get six hours of sleep i have no problem falling asleep but i wake up like two or three uh three to four times a night any advice would be appreciated like so how many hours after the last meal dude i just released i'm sorry to say this but i just released like a four-part video about sleep give that a watch i give that a watch dude come on you don't you don't need to ask these questions when i just released like almost two hours of deep dive for your sleep so yeah take your growth hormone before bed add some glycine add some melatonin add some 5 hdp um fucking come really really hard with your fiance using the oxytocin the pt1 for one and the Samax. and you will sleep like a baby and don't drink so much water before going to bed because that's probably why you're waking up to peeing all the time but yeah please watch that video dude come on coach i asked a question about primo could you scroll up no just ask it again my my uh scroll is uh completely full just post it again thomas please i'm short on time yeah right, here we go again aaron with this three-part question hey coach <laughs> my diet seems to be heading towards fat and veggies on my work days avocado mcd etc yeah all right um more carb focus scream rice what do you think of this kind of diet uh, for your information, four times a week on fourth week on 250 milligrams testosterone. And then this Monday, getting my blood work done next Saturday. Okay, so you have a, a two kinds of diet. One is more like a ketogenic diet and one is more like a carb diet. So you have a ketogenic diet on uh, work days. Okay, so you're probably sitting on your butt all the time. So you feel like you need more keto or like to stay in a ketogenic state for productivity. And on your off days, you're mostly on carbs. Now, I hope that your off days, you're still going to the gym and getting some steps in because you still need to, um, you know, go through some of these carbohydrates and the insulin response and the uh, nutrient signaling. Um, so if you're not keeping your insulin sensitivity up on the days that you're off, um, you're probably more likely to get fat on your off days than on your work days where you're eating, satiating fat sources, right? So... Put the steps in, get a step counter, pedometer, right? You can get it on your phone. It's probably included in an iPhone. I have no idea. I never used it. <laughs> so, but get your steps in. So those carbs have a way to go. I right? do a couple 10-minute walks over the day. And then, uh, then it's totally fine. I mean, I have a flexible diet as well. I eat uh, ketogenic six days a week. 
And then on Sunday, uh, I go ham, but on Sunday, I also walk a lot because I go to the malls, do a little bit of shopping, do the seafood diet, right? I, I walk around, I see a restaurant that doesn't have to be seafood. And then I uh, eat there, whatever the fuck I want. So, but I get a lot of steps in also. And then I go home with the grocery bags, you know, of all the stuff. And then, you know, my wife can feel good about herself because she just spends money and I carry that shit. But what good is all this muscle if you're not able to carry all that shit? Okay, Thomas. Uh, with how much Primo could I replace 70 milligrams train while in an off season to get the same muscle uh, occurring? Yeah, okay. Benefits while in 500 milligrams of test with two to three, I use a growth hormone. Man, that will be hard to say. So if you go into the scientific literature to say every anabolic steroid potentiates the same amount of um, protein synthesis, right? Um, but do is that the only part to gaining muscle mass? So I'm just going to give you a blanket statement of 200 milligrams of Primo for 70 milligrams of Tren. Good luck. See if that works. And if it doesn't work, uh, maybe 300 milligrams of Tren. Uh, not Tren, Primo. <laughs> or maybe 500 milligrams of Primo, right? 70 milligrams of Tren. I mean, the IGF-1 sensitivity is kind of unique, um, you know, and, and 70 milligrams of Trimbalone is, is, is very beneficial in the off-season. But you also might uh, get more blood pressure increases compared to 200 milligrams of Primo. So... I know. Give that eight weeks and add in the primo. Give that eight weeks. See, see what you like better. If you're just able to afford two to three IUs of growth hormone for a year, do you think it's worth it while on a budget cycle? Yes, absolutely, man. <laughs> Even two IUs of growth hormone, if it's legitimate, is worth it. It's better than no growth hormone. You can't replace it. You can go on more, uh, uh, you know, testosterone. But let's say you're on 700 milligrams of steroids and two to three IUs of growth hormone. And, uh, you know, some ancillaries to keep you healthy. I think that's a great cycle. You can make some great gains if your diet is good and if you're in your off-season. If you add in, you know, 10, 20 IUs of Lantus, it's pretty cheap. You'll get so much more out of your food. I mean, I would look into that also. God, why am I so itchy on this side? I probably get a huge pimple growing. With a low dose of 6.25, 12.5 uh, milligrams of sublingual anadrol pre-workout twice a week be manageable long-term? Yes. Um, it can also be 50 milligrams twice a week. It's also manageable long-term. <laughs> From the blood work that I've seen, it's 100 milligrams more per week. I mean, unless you're on like, like very fundamental low-dose TRT prescribed by a feminist uh, endocrinologist uh, of 150 milligrams, then, then okay, yeah, you're doubling your dose. But Dude, if you're on a real cycle, 50 milligrams anadrol twice per week is totally manageable. It's not going to increase your blood pressure too much, maybe during the workout a little bit more than usual. But if you have everything in place, I don't think it's a bad idea. As long as you use it on um, you know days that you want to improve weaker body parts, then uh, I'm totally for it. As a matter of fact, yours truly has done it himself, um, and it worked quite well. Once a week, twice a week, like just day. 50 milligrams of anadrol, sublingual or oral. And same for leg day. Uh, I might have had 100 milligrams of anadrol sometimes because I was really feeling, uh, you know, you're like well rested and you look at your log and you're already feeling, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to rape these numbers. All right. You take your 50 milligrams of anadrol and then 10 minutes later, you're like, you know what? I'm going to rape these numbers a little bit harder <laughs> than last time. Uh, you take another 50 milligrams of anadrol and then you go to the gym. And then uh, after that, you limp out, but you you can kind of 
you know, do like this and say, man, that was absolutely great. All right, Ahmed, does melanotan and GABA every day can lead to effects or dependency? Uh, with melatonin, I would say no, but GABA, yes. So you would rather just alternate that with, uh, you know, what is it called? Uh, GABA and, man, <laughs> the name eludes me now. Do I have it? What's well, the other one? Christ. Man, I totally forgot. Gabapentin? No, the other one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, just use it as needed. Use it as needed. Since I'm home brewing, but on a budget, I think I can afford loads of growth hormone and Primo. Should I uh, try to put my money towards the Primo and the growth hormone? Just stick with test and maybe a little trend. Honestly, if you're on a budget, stick with test and a little bit of trend. I move more of that money to growth hormone and food yeah, and, and insulin, really. Test, low-dose strain, a little bit of growth hormone and a little bit of insulin and a lot of foods. Man, you'll be a freak in a year, man. Honestly, honestly, uh, you know, uh, assuming you don't get injured or you get uncomfortable, like, oh, the train, uh, shin splints, lower back pumps, and you're still going to have to suffer through the side effects. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that combination test, low dose train, a little bit of growth hormone, a little bit of insulin, keep the primo for when you want to get lean, right? Because milligram for milligram, you get a lot more out of trend. Of course, side effects will also manifest a little bit more, but you know, it's off season. So the dose is still reasonably low in total. Right, more sleep questions. Guys, it's like nobody watches my deep dives. Yes. What, what is this? Okay. So Ahmed. What is your take on a daily low dose 5-HTP around 50 to 100 milligrams before bed? Totally good. Next. There's nothing wrong with 100 milligrams 5-HTP before bed. I've taken it for many, many years and I sleep great. And when I stop taking it, I feel a little bit uh, less great, but not depressed. But guys, please watch those deep dive videos. Right? And don't make them for no reason for you to guys for you guys to ask questions here that have already been answered in deep dives. Did you guys vote it for? For fuck's sake. How different is the timing with carbs when using Umalog intramuscular versus subcutaneous pre-workout? Will insulin pre-workout just make a difference or better? Uh, all right. So formulate it a little bit better, guys. Please. <laughs> It is, uh, I can't spend like 10 minutes deciphering these questions. So the timing of Umalog intramuscular versus subcutaneous, the onset, onset peak and duration is faster when you take insulin intramuscular. How much that is, I'm not sure, because the peak onset duration has only been determined on subcutaneous administration. That's a medically approved administration route for insulin, not intramuscular, not intravenous, not intranasal, unless you go with the special insulin that's formulated for nasal administration. Yes, those are out there, just like testosterone nasal administrations. And it's kind of like a nasal spray, you know, you take it in the middle of class and they're like, ooh, ooh, feel great, dude. You can make even your own testosterone suspension nasal spray, and then suddenly you're like hyped and dopaminergic. Um, so just take it sub Q. And uh, take it an hour before the workout with the meal, postprandial, so you eat your meal first. You take your Umlog sub-Q right after you finish your meal, and you take your lantus if you want to do that, low carbs, high fat, in the morning. Right? I have a whole insulin ebook that kind of goes into the details. Pompey Dingus, would you consider it risky to run short courses of BPC-157 TB500 for minor injuries, small tendon weakness, 
on a semi-regular basis. Well, since all of these can exacerbate cancer formation, I would still advise you to check your cancer markers every year, maybe do a full body MRI scan or an MRI on, uh, or at least an echo ultrasound on organs that some of the family members might've had cancer in. And if those all come back negative, so the cancer markers are normal and your echo cardio, um, the echo ultrasounds also doesn't show anything, then you're good for next year or two. But if you do a BPC-157, TB-500, growth hormone, GW-1516, epithalon, man, basically everything that could exacerbate um, cancer formation that's pre-existing, not causing it, IGF-1, same, insulin, same, and apparently erythropoietin also, some evidence that it might cause it, then, uh, yeah, uh, you know, be careful. But otherwise... Uh, I think it's fine, but you know, there's no free rights with this kind of stuff. She has so many questions and I still have to do. Octavian. Are five grams per day of L-carnitine oh, L enough? Do not need supplements with any form of choline to get a cognitive benefit of that choline gives. Uh, I think you still need some choline supplements if you want to go for the cognition. But, you know, to be fair, uh, the choline is also found in dietary sources. <laughs> so <laughs> just check your nutritional database and you'll see that you get like 20 grams of choline over the day. So, you know, if you want, I, I think five grams of N-acetyl-L-carnitine is a bit, uh, or acetyl-L-carnitine is a bit overrated or overdone. I think two grams is more than enough. And then you go with maybe another 1,200 milligrams alpha-GPC over the day. Personally, I take like 300 per serving. That's more than enough for me. And honestly, after experimenting with Sumax and Cerebralizin and Fluvoxamine, I don't really feel that I need it. Um, but again, I'm always on the you know, on the, the respawn here and there. And that also has alpha GPC in it. So I think just uh, do a low dose of all to get the benefits of all. That's why we have these nootropic stacks and they usually work great. All right, next one. Octavian, any information on nicotinamide mononucleotide and glutathione if they help in recovering from traumatic brain injury? Uh, I haven't researched that. It might be true, but I do know that cerebralisin, 5 to 10 milliliters, or maybe even 50 milliliters per day, will help with traumatic brain injury. I've recommended cerebralisin to several MMA athletes or other fighting athletes like boxers, and they said that they recovered their brain function or at least felt a little bit less cognitively impaired after a lifetime of getting punched in the face. So... It's um, it's something you can look into, but nicotinamide mononucleotide, I mean, it has overall anti-aging purposes and benefits. And glutathione is, of course, a very potent antioxidant, but I would say that melatonin is a superior antioxidant for the brain. That has been readily investigated as well. And those doses just go up quite high. But, you know, if you want the best of all worlds, you go maybe with 1,000 milligrams nicotinamide mononucleotide, 1,800 milligrams glutathione, um, IV once a week, and then, uh, you know, three to 100 milligrams melatonin, depending on how much you can tolerate. Excuse me. And then I think you have a pretty uh, good, uh, you know, uh, brain healthy stack. And then you can, you know, maybe heal some injuries, uh, traumatic brain injury from a cerebralisin, five to 50 milliliters per day. Again, start low, build your way up and stop at the dose that you start noticing benefits. Thomas, do you not use glycine before bed anymore, only with meals? 
you still get sleep benefits from that as well. Yeah, so I take a thousand milligrams glycine with four meals, and the last meal is three thousand uh, milligrams. So that's what seven thousand milligrams of glycine from supplements. But I also take collagen, which also contains a decent amount of glycine. Actually, I just wrote my diet, so let me just look real quick how much glycine I'm getting over the day. Uh, oh, that's cysteine. <laughs> I'm not going to share my diet. Okay, so over the day, I get 23,700 milligrams glycine, and it's a, a 3 to 1 ratio with methionine. So I get, let's say, 24 uh, grams of glycine. Where's my methionine? I get 8 grams of uh, methionine, right? So that's good for collagen synthesis. And then my BCA intake is almost 2 to 1 to 1, so I get 1.8 to 1 to 1.1, uh, 1.13 of uh, leucine, isoleucine, and valine. Yes, I track all of that stuff. Where are we? <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> all right, let's see. Some more questions from the Patreon. Guys, what a day. I don't know what happened to my laptop upstairs. I got some big podcasts coming up next week, so hopefully we can fix it. Ahmed, I asked, uh, I tried a nicotine mononucleotide by California from iHerb with different dosages protocols, split 300 twice and 600 at once and one gram at once for this, but I don't know why I didn't get a pronounced benefit. I've tried to get IV NAD plus, but clinics here in Dubai are very expensive. One session is around $300, yeah, for 250 milligrams. It's the most place in the world. You'll, you'll spend like $1 per one milligram of NAD plus. It's insane. Um, but yeah, that's the way it goes nowadays. Of course, at one point it will be cheaper, but for now it won't. Okay, so if you don't notice the difference, maybe go to nicotinamide riboside and R, try up to 1,200 milligrams per day, but I would still split it out. Don't do it once in one serving. Do it over a multitude of servings because your body can only absorb that much nicotinamide mononucleotide or nicotinamide riboside per serving. So split it up with meals. And then give that a try. Like some people respond better to nicotinamide riboside. So at least you gave it a try, uh, even though you took it all at once. But I would still prefer you to take it, you know, multiple servings over the day. 175 milligrams, uh, you know, with each meal, basically. But try uh, the NR uh, yourself and see if you notice a difference. All right, next one. Chris asks, is it worth to take dynomethane, calcium deglucrate, and fenugreek on TRT? What was the benefit of fenugreek again? Fenugreek benefits. Science-based impressive health benefits. Lowering blood sugar, boosting testosterone. Okay, well, you're out of luck because improving breast milk production. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never know. Um I don't know. I, I would say if the benefits are compelling to you, then yes, I would add in the fenugreek for the benefits. I, I've never recommended it to anybody, but uh, feel free to add that in. Uh, dynomethin will help with your estrogen balance, obviously the conversion of estradiol into estrone estriol. So the testosterone replacement therapy that you're on will only convert, metabolize, aromatize into estradiol, and thus your estradiol burden might be a little bit, um, you know, uh, let's say uh, disproportionate to your estrone and estriol level. So dynomethin helps with that. And calcium deglucrate just helps with the excretion of the, all the estrogens and phytoestrogens, so your overall estrogen burden goes down. So you metabolize the estradiol into estrone, estriol, and then the rest will come down 
with calcium D-glucarate. So I would say uh, go for all three. Is it worth it? Absolutely not. Now, what are you going to do after me saying that? You're going to go to PubMed and type in uh, dinomethane and see that it's an anti-androgen uh, receptor blocker in prostate cancer, right? Only in cases of prostate cancer. So why not take it? Why not take it? That result has not been duplicated in skeletal muscle. Now, if a study were to be performed uh, on uh, the, the effects of dinomethane on the androgen receptor on skeletal muscle, maybe it will still be proven. But as far as I know, the scientific literature has only been performed on the androgen receptors within the prostate. And when you look at the uh, GAC uh, or what was it GAC, GAC repeaters of the androgen receptors, you understand that there's like 70 or 75 genetic polymorphisms of the androgen receptors, not all androgen receptors on the prostate and the testicles and skeletal muscle and in the brain, they're all structurally the same, right? They're different. They're different. So just because dinomethane might block the androgen receptor, have some anti-androgen receptor mediated effects, uh, might not be the same case in uh, skeletal muscle. So don't uh, overdo it. I, I've used dinomethane, my wife's used dinomethane and uh, we uh, didn't notice any lack of anabolism out of it. Would DIM make EQ anxiety better or worse? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Most people who take EQ never take DIM. So I can't say going back through all the people that I coached, thinking about a particular case where somebody was using EQ and dinomethane. No, no. So you're going to have to be the first. I can't remember anybody doing that particular combination because EQ generally lowers estradiol levels. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, dinomethane is no longer required to bring that down. All right. Another one. I'm going to be here all day. <laughs> Ahmed asks, what are your thoughts about tea oil as a carrier oil? Is it good? I saw the study where you mentioned last time investigating the Half-Life between tea oil and castor oil. What, there is one company, I think, that uses tea oil, tea oil steroids, and it's, of course, an underground lab. Uh, and there's, no, I know there's one that uses um, peach oil and another one that uses... Uh, wow, which one was it? Well, there was one brand out there that uses tea oil, but it's underground lab. Another one that uses peach oil also uses uh, also an underground lab, but there's no pharmaceutical uh, company that uses tea oil as a carrier oil. They use castor oil, sesame oil, grapeseed oil. And if you go to the, uh, the second article from the top about synthetic carrier oils and C-reactive protein in bodybuilders, um, there I list all the uh, carrier oils of all the pharmaceuticals that you can buy on the market. So uh, tea oil is not one of them. Um, but it does have a significantly, uh, you know, positive effect on the metabolism of the testosterone esters or other esters because it really shortens the half-life. So, you know, unless you want to inject once a week, then of course that's a negative effect. Um, yeah, that's why I go with castor oil, daily micro-administrations. It takes so long to metabolize that, uh, yeah, it's super stable in the bloodstream. Uh, is this oh scrolling a little bit too far all right last question from aaron all right we got it done
All right. Hello, Steve. I'm getting my labs done Monday at 11 a.m. Last week was my fourth week on 250 milligrams of testosterone and MCT oil. I've been splitting the dose up between Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Okay, so that's uh, good. Uh, should I take my test shot first thing in the morning like I usually do or take it uh, right after the blood? Uh, when, when are you going on Monday? Yeah, I've, it depends on what you want, but... I would just do it and then go do your blood work, you know, see how how your testosterone and estradiol levels are. I, I usually go the day after an administration because I feel that the most amount of metabolism and absorption has taken place about 24 hours after the last administration. So if you pin on Monday, maybe the next Monday and next pin you do on Sunday instead of Monday, and then you're going for blood work on Monday to see what your highest levels are, right? And uh, and then you make the appropriate adjustments. You know, if your estradiol is too high, you uh, manipulate your aromatized uh, inhibitor, or you go with the dinylmethane, or you add in the the, the primabolin or the mastrone. Right? We've discussed this so many times. But I would prefer about 24 hours after the last administrations, not right before or right after, because then you're in the trough, and that's only useful if you're going to the doctor to you know top up your trt script like talk i'm only 700 can we bump it up a little bit more but it's actually your trough right your your peak is like 1200 <laughs> so yeah give it a try all right thomas do you recommend introducing growth hormone first or insulin first growth hormone first yeah because growth hormone you don't have to worry about hypoglycemia um you know you don't have to manipulate your diet so much you just manipulate your injection practices so you do it before activity so you can um you know potentiate a little bit of fat loss but you will get water retention from growth hormone you will get uh you know things like slight carpal tunnel or that your uh, rings you know no longer fit so you normally you have your fingers right and then your ring suddenly doesn't fit anymore even on two i use a growth hormone. luckily mine fits because i'm not on the you know pd train right now so I'm just fat. <laughs> but these are little things you can then deal with. And then with insulin use, it will get obviously um, a little bit more cumbersome, but then you already have experience with it. So, all right, we got everything done. Man. Man, man, man. I'm happy we got it done. Did I miss any questions up top? Sorry for being late, guys. <laughs> Man, what a nightmare. I think we got everything done. Okay, let's go public. And then uh, uh, we can... Uh, I don't want to watch Nomad Capitalist right now. Let's go public and answer questions for about an hour. And then I'm going to go to bed. I'm exhausted. Public. Publish. Better late than never. Am I right? <laughs> you gotta laugh your way through life, guys, because uh, yeah, too serious. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. <laughs>
Man. Yes, what is it, twin? Come, come. Come, you can be on TV. This one always comes at, well, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning for attention, right? All right, twin. Mm -hmm. And usually I'm at my studio, but I had technical difficulties today. That's why we are downstairs. You're on TV, twin. Oh. Hmm? <laughs> All right. Get out of here. All right, guys. Uh, so I had some technical difficulties. That's why I couldn't uh, start earlier. So I just spent the first hour of myself of this live stream trying to fix the studio upstairs. But that didn't work. So I had to answer all of the private Vickers Q&A questions first. And it took about an hour. So here we are, ready to go public. We're only going to take an hour, though, because I am exhausted after a long day of work and uh, an hour of trying to fix my uh, technical difficulties on the laptop, which I still don't know why. All right. Let's see. Where are we? Mm -mm -mm. Said, if you could be natural for the rest of your life, would you be and why? No. <laughs> no way. <laughs> for what? If you guys hear my cat in the background, it's uh, petting time. This is why I'm at the studio and not downstairs. But the studio laptop has uh, failed me today. All right. <laughs> I wonder if you guys can hear this. All right. Uh, can I use enclomiphene citrate as a base for anivore only cycle? Ten to, 5 to 10 milligrams, 12 to 5 milligrams per day. Yes, if you're a beta cuck. Stop with these questions. Inject some tests, for fuck's sake. Man, the bigger your channel gets, the more of these retards start showing up. Can I, can I use Anivor own cycle and enclomiphene? Go for it. Go for it. You know, enjoy your clotting risk. Man, good start. Great start of the of the questions. Let's see. Yeah, he knows. All right. You're muted because you asked this twice. So you're out of here. Oh, man, I'm in a great mood, guys, today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a great mood, so don't fuck with me. Don't, no stupid questions and don't post your questions five times. Then you're out of here. All right, Michael, what would you do to lower triglyceride levels? 700 plus. <clears throat> um, don't be a fat fuck and start doing some exercise. I mean, that's despicable, dude. <laughs> I mean, uh, what the fuck did you do to yourself to get a triglyceride level of 700? I mean, go stand in front of the mirror and don't get away from the mirror until you start crying. I mean, I don't know what the fuck you did, but I've never seen it on blood work ever. So unless you ate something really greasy before you went in for blood work, which again, you should always do blood work fasted, but at least hydrate it. Um, make sure that that doesn't happen. And if you still have a triglyceride at any point during the day and it's that high, I mean, you're doing something wrong. You're mad unhealthy 
you're probably obese as hell and you need to get that fixed because you're going to die really and you have nobody to blame for yourself right? that's your own fault you're the master of your body and nobody's forcing you to get a triglyceride that high so go do your daily face fucking fasted cardio stop eating all the crap food um i'm not going to recommend you supplement because you're way beyond that you need to get yourself healthy as fast as possible and not um not let it go this high i mean have some self-respect dude jesus christ <sighs> anyway go i hope you guys have a great saturday <laughs> i just spent an hour trying to get my camera and uh, my, my microphone connected but somehow my windows 10 and my uh, Chrome and my Microsoft Edge and my Opera didn't want to communicate. So I almost uh, threw that laptop from the third floor. Yeah. Any tips on how to start reading your own blood work and determine adjustments? Um, Google. That's where I learned. And otherwise, I probably have a video about it. At one point, I'll do a membership section and I'll go into all of that. But I want to reach 100,000 subscribers first. And I need to get a second editor for that as well. Because all the... All the scripting is already done in the private Facebook group. I had articles upon articles on how to read your own blood work and that I have to transform into videos uh, and that will be behind the paywall um, in the video format. So you can, uh, you know, inter, um, in the, interpret your own blood work results. A video about albumin, a video about creatinine, a video about cystatin C, right? That all needs to be made. Yeah, another stupid question from a, a Dutch Steve. I just ordered Trimbalone on Amazon. Is this safe? What do you think? <laughs> I don't even know where to start, dude. <sighs> Richard, any suggestions on switching, switching from a cycle back to TRT? Taper down to test? Uh, yeah, that's a good way to do it. So keep in mind that most of the steroid uh, hormones are self-tapering. So if you're on a cycle of testosterone, anethate, and primobol, and anethate, methanol, and anethate, even if you stop, it's still active for four to six weeks. So you can go from a cycle to TRT one day to the next, but you'll still get the effects of whatever you were injecting for six weeks uh, after the last injection. So, you know, I used to taper from like two grams a gear to, to 1,000 and 500 and then cruise those over, you know, two-week increments. I used to do that, but then one time I'm like, you know, and I don't want to wait. I just want to get into a cruise because my blood work was kind of shitty. Um, so I went from 2,000 to 2,200 total steroids to uh, a cruise, 250, and I tapered down just the same. I felt exactly the same. So, you know, why, 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 you know, why edge any longer when you're doing TRT to get healthy, right? You can get yourself healthy faster. This is great. Yeah, I have technical difficulties weekly. Oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Son, I am disappointed. I met my dad, though, today. My dad came to Thailand, so we had a good time. Yeah. yeah. My dad looks like Indiana Jones now. Can you believe that? One second. Twin! You want pets or what? Screaming is not going to make it any better. You have to come here. <laughs> These cats, dude. Iron Grid. Also, for naturals who can't down food, what do you suggest I do? What? It's not. You don't have to deep throw the food. 
I went from 96 to 97 over three months, but I generally feel like I'm stuffing my face constantly. Well, that's life. That's bodybuilding. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> you should be stuffing your face, right? And if it's not with food, you should be stuffing it with peach, not with sausage, not with hot dogs, right? unless you're into that shit. I don't discriminate. It's a, it's a discrimination. Uh, whatever. You know, you guys know the word, right? Whatever your preference is. But if you... If you want to grow, you got to eat. And if you're only gaining one kilo over three months, then, then well, you're either at your natural limit or you're not eating enough. So put out or get, get out. And otherwise, some other natural will blow right past you. And then you're one of the, the twinkier ones. So start eating and start growing. And if you can't do that, well, then there's the alternative steroids. Or MK677, so you can eat more and get yourself nicely, you know, a very high uh, hemoglobin A1C and very high fasting insulin levels, and very high fasting blood glucose levels and high glucose levels throughout the day to the point you're sort of pissing glucose and your urine smells like honey. You're like, what, what the hell's going on? Why does my urine smell so sweet? It's because you have, you know, uh, type 2 diabetes symptoms from the MK677. Ah, super chat. Thank God. All right, we made at least five bucks today. Oh, no, wait, wait. We made $3.10 because YouTube takes 45%. <sighs> okay, <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Second week of post-psychotherapy. Libido has skyrocketed. Cycle was testosterone 275 milligrams and 8CG only. Only added P5P and more 8CG during PCT. So many abbreviations. Maybe prolactin was high on cycle. No, your testosterone is low. Your estradiol is low. And the dopaminergic and, and, and neurotransmitter system that was now used to this high testosterone and high estradiol is now uh, kind of lost. Like, where are my hormones, bro? Bro, give me some tests. It's, it's zero. So it's going to take two or three months before that's back. And, of course, uh, our libido has skyrocketed. <laughs> it's not crushed. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, let me reintroduce. <laughs> oh, I'm a professional. Let me reinterpret that for you. Uh, libido went up. Yeah, then maybe your prolactin was high on cycle. Yeah, or your testosterone was very, very high and your estradiol was high. Uh, I don't see a mention of an aromatized inhibitor. <laughs> Man, how unprofessional. <laughs> All right, Chad's over. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if, you're, if your libido is getting uh, better now, yeah, maybe your estradiol is too high, your prolactin is high. Um, so next time you do uh, 275 milligrams of uh, testosterone ATG, add in some dinylmethane or add in some primobolin, add in some astron, add in aromacin. Um, you know, so you can keep your libido sky high when you're on cycle because, you know, you can you have so much more pushing power when you're on cycle. Right? Your hips are nice and wide and thick. And uh, it goes a long way. So, yeah, let's see. How many people laughed? Iron Grid laughed. And Daniel Passon laughed. Well, you paid for it, so here's your laughter. And Iron Grid laughed again. Um, all right, so we didn't entertain that many people. <laughs> My bad. So, yeah, uh, I did something that inhibits your robotized enzymes and do some blood work, right, to see where your hormone levels are. And then, uh, <laughs> and then your libido can be as skyrocketed as it is right now. All right. I find the HCG great for libido and well-being. Yeah, I think everybody should run it on cycle. Unless you're running a boatload of trainer and andrel on a mint, then it's not really going to do anything. 
because the progenic activity of those uh, you know compounds kind of prevent the ACG from really uh, taking effect. Your nuts will still be small. All right, everybody's having a good laugh. Good. Yeah. Sometimes you uh, lose out on the words, and then uh, the whole uh, recommendation changes. What Thai city is best for anabolics? Uh, Bangkok. I mean, the anabolics are all over Thailand. They're in Chiang Mai. They're in Bangkok. They're in Pattaya. They're in Phuket. They're in Koh Samui. They're in uh, Kalasin and, and all these Isan countryside places. And <laughs> yeah, and that's just like, you know, your opinion, man. Should whip out the wig. Uh, let's see. So you can buy steroids anywhere in Thailand. And if you can't buy them uh, in this pharmacy, you get them online from the anabolic pharmacist, the best pharmacist on the planet. Yeah, international though. All right, here we go. Joseph, I'm an MMA fighter, 20 years old. I have about 93 uh, kilograms, 188 meters, 9% body fat. Wow. Tried a gear already, but a low dose. What would you suggest as a fighter? Well, you're 20 years old, so it might be a little bit too early. You know, I, I would honestly wait. Honestly wait. Uh, look at the HCG monotherapy. Look at the TRT under medical supervision. I do a ton of research. There's a million different things you can take. Um, you know, watch some of the endurance uh, videos because as an MMA fighter, you don't want to go anything over TRT and maybe some Anavar or Halo testing or anything else at the end, but you're 20 years old. So it might not be a suitable time for you to get on steroids because your HPTA is still firing. So, you know, do some blood work, do some research, and then look into compounds that can optimize your endurance without impairing your HPTA like a mildronate, meldonium, right? Same compound, hypoxin, mexidol, um, let's see, a bemetil. Those can all improve your stamina quite dramatically. I have videos about this on my YouTube channel. And they, those don't mess with your HPTA. So anything over TRT, I would stay away from. Um, if you want to use halo testing at the end for your competition, yes, it's being done quite readily in MMA, but you're 20 years old. So I hope you have your aggression under control because halo makes you mad angry. Um, and can limit your endurance um, quite fast. And it can be as little as two or three days. So don't go in a week on halo testing. You could only do it for a couple of days and then see how many days it takes before your endurance and stamina takes a beating and you're, you know, gassed and you can't even grapple anybody anymore. So it's, uh, yeah. You need to do your research as a fighter. Steve, can you recommend a pharmacy in Padia? <laughs> you guys are fucking idiots, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let's uh, let's put these addresses out online for the world to see. Go ask a muscle factory. I'm sure somebody will help you there. Daniel Pass. Since the PCD is going smooth so far, stay in ATG only. I uh, would like to refrain from taking Clomet and AI if I can. But would be oh, so you're not taking Clomet? Okay, then you're not doing a post cycle therapy. I'm on HCG only, and my luteinizing hormone and follicle-stimulating hormones have not come up. My FSH is elevated because I inject FSH, <laughs> but my LH is still zero. So if you're on staying on HCG, you're not doing a post-psychotherapy. You're not recovering your hypothalamic pituitary testes axis. You're just stimulating your testes with the HCG. You need to come off HCG, add in the clomid, 
for four weeks, right? 100 milligrams per day for the first week, 50 milligrams for the, the next week, and then maybe the third week and the fourth week as well. Or you only go with enclomiphene, which is a little bit more tolerable. And uh, then you can get uh, optimal HPTA function. But with HCG monotherapy, it's not going to happen. You need to discontinue that because you're replacing the LH signal. And thus your LH and FSH signaling is not going to go up. So add in the clomid, maybe an AI if it's necessary, depending on your estradiol levels. Maybe 25 milligrams in clomiphene and the 6.25 milligrams aromacin uh, twice per week. So that's 25 milligrams in clomiphene uh, every day and 6.25 milligrams aromacin twice a week, right? But do your blood work and uh, yeah, take it from there. Ryan. Uh, man, so so orange. My God. Oh, it's a $20. Much appreciated, Ryan. Uh, I, I truly can thank you enough for all the information you provide to the community. My pleasure, buddy. Now, what are your thoughts on a cycle of 600 tests, 300 Primo, 300 Boldenone, giving it a one-on-one theory lol? Uh, yeah, I mean, you'll get great results. Um, what you can also do is 500 tests, 500 Primo, and uh, so you don't have to worry about the kidney toxicity that Boldenone might potentially give you and the anxiety that might come along with Boldenone. And then maybe spend a little bit on growth hormone because then you have synergy between the test, the primo, and the, and the growth hormone. Because I'm assuming you want to uh, recomp and, and get a better physique. So maybe a little bit less steroids and add in a little bit of growth. And maybe maybe 400 tests, 400 primo, three IUs of growth, and, which, and, and maybe some insulin, 10 IUs of lantus. You know, I, that's, I, I would rather have more compounds at a lower dose than uh, just slamming the androgen receptor. Right? We have multiple anabolic pathways. We have the androgen receptor, which we can hammer with test primo and boldenone, we can also hammer it a little bit less if we also go through the growth hormone receptor and the IGF-1 receptor and the insulin receptor and the beta-2 adrenergic receptor in the form of clenbuterol, right? Or the, the, the what is the, the beta-estradiol, beta-estrogen, uh, estrogen-beta receptors, right? Through a terchesterone and ectosterone. How much that will contribute on top of the uh, steroids? Probably negligible, but it's another pathway you can look into, right? So I would just look into optimizing every pathway slightly so you don't get so much side effects of, uh, you know, either a lot of steroids or either a lot of growth hormone or either a lot of insulin. Just take a little bit of all of it. Right? If you have the budget for 600 tests, 300 Primo and 300 Boldenone, calculate how much money that is. Siphon uh, some of that off to growth hormone and perhaps insulin if you know how to use it. I have an ebook for that uh, on my website. So it's only 100 bucks. It will teach you everything you need to know about insulin and how to use it safely. And then maybe use, uh, instead of, well, 1,200 milligrams steroid, you use 700 or 900 milligrams with the other stuff alongside of it. You probably get better results, right? So I hope your $20 question is uh, answered now to your uh, desire. Uh, how does one determine Genuvia dosing? My daily average number, 850 carbs, 7 I use growth hormone, 30 I use lantus, fasting glucose, 83. Add it in 150 micrograms IGF-1. Um, keep in mind that I don't know the dose. I rarely recommend them, these uh, these D-peptidyl peptidase 4 inhibitors. So I would just go with the dose that's generally recommended for uh, people with diabetes. So I think with Genuvia, that was 25 milligrams. But let me, uh, let me check the dose. Oh, no, it was 100 milligrams, one tablet once per day. Okay, so... Go with 100 milligrams or maybe 50 milligrams to start because, again, you're on IGF-1 and insulin and, and your blood glucose is only 83. So maybe start with 50 milligrams Genuvia once per day. See how your blood glucose levels change. 
Um, and then, you know, check your IGF-1 levels in serum to see if those are higher than before adding in the Genuvia. And then if you want to go higher on the Genuvia to 100 milligrams per day, then you probably need to reduce the Lantus to 20 IUs per day for you to preserve more of the IGF-1 because you now you're preventing the breakdown of the Lantus and the IGF-1. That's the ultimate goal of using these kinds of uh, Glyptin medications. So you might only need 20 IUs of Lantus to get the same glucose management. And because you're adding in 150 micrograms IGF-1, you get more glucose management because that also increases insulin sensitivity and nutrient uptake. Um, because again, the Genuvia is preventing the breakdown of both compounds. So make sure you do your blood work, check your blood glucose levels frequently, your hemoglobin A1C, and also check your serum IGF-1 levels before and after and dose adjustments of the Genuvia. Yeah, but I rarely recommend them because most people don't really know about it. And uh, But this guy, Kratos, I mean, he's on a heavy cycle, so he is in the know. What was the half-life of the Genuvia? I think it's like 17 hours. I can't remember. It's in the insulin ebook. <laughs> It's in the insulin ebook. All right, Joseph. I started one year ago with test and deca. Now I use five hundred test of five fifty milligrams per week, hundred milligrams MPP per week. Just standalone seventy five milligrams per week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay, that's no, three times a week. And uh, what? Jesus Christ! I have to decipher the shit again. Three times a day or three times a week. It looks fine to me. If you're taking 50 milligrams of test Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and 100 milligrams MPP Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and 75 milligrams of standalone Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so there's a total of 150 milligrams of test, 300 milligrams MPP, and 225 milligrams Mastrone. If it works for you, it's fine. If you feel horrendous and you look horrendous, then you need to make some adjustments. If your blood work looks great, it obviously works. If it doesn't look great, then you need to make some changes, right? Personally, I wouldn't do this. I would take 300 milligrams of test, 100 milligrams of MPP, and 225 Mastron. But again, if it works for you, then it works for you. And uh, that's how you have to use these drugs, right? You have to tailor them to your own individual needs. Hey, Steve, will there be another super physiological podcast? No, this is not going to happen. Derek is too busy, and uh, it's impossible to schedule something with him and Alex at the same time. Alex is going through his own roller coaster of health issues right now so you guys can keep asking but it's not gonna happen just it's done <laughs> it's done yeah forget about it if it does happen magically be grateful but don't count on it <laughs> you know i'm always available for these guys but uh, you know they have their own stuff going on so i uh, just do my own podcast every week you know muscle nomads is here every couple of weeks and i, I get entertaining and interesting guests on and, uh, you know, if people are too busy, then uh, then they're too busy. We'll just do something else, right? All right. Alexander, benefits and bads of TRT while overweight. Um, benefits is that your testosterone levels will go up. And the worst thing, uh, the, the bad thing is that uh, sleep apnea might get worse. Blood pressure might get worse. Uh, of course, you get a lot of aromatization because you have high body weight. So your testosterone is going to convert into estradiol. And that's your blood pressure and water retention. And uh, femininity will go up. So do yourself a favor. Get yourself down to 225 pounds first and then add in the TRT. Get healthy first and then add in the TRT. Earn it. Yeah, can't emphasize this enough. Earn it. 
You don't need the testosterone to be motivated. You can get that from here. I haven't taken testosterone for six months. I'm still motivated, <laughs> you know? So just, just, just keep grinding. And if you feel that you need it medically, get it prescribed and then get your fat ass <laughs> into shape. Because 280 pounds is way too heavy and it's not good for your health. I mean, I'm sure you are very knowledgeable of this. And that's why you're asking. But I would get lean first and then add in the test. Because most people at your body fat level or your uh, your body weight level will get horrible side effects if they start going on TRT. Because there's just too much fat and problems going on. Testosterone is a magic. All right, got it. So HCG and clomids shouldn't be done together. Uh, no. <laughs> you do the HCG first to uh, restore testicular function. Then you add in the clomid to restore a pituitary and hypothalamic function. So at least when you take the HCG out, there's no uh, negative feedback on your HPTA. And then uh, the clomids should slowly increase HPTA function over time without any presence of potential downregulation. So... Take it uh, easy, but you need a clomid or enclomiphene. Uh, Steve, blood pressure issues, hovering at 130 to 80. And just on 500 tests, adding in 40 milligrams certain daily two weeks ago, no change. Should I bump certain up to 80? Um, your blood pressure is not that terrible. I right? had 125 over 65 or 70 would be better, but this is not terrible, dude. This is not... Horrible. What you're probably deficient in is magnesium, calcium, potassium. And telmosartan, even though it's uh, you know sexy medication that everybody touts, um, telmosartan is not going to replace the benefits of magnesium, calcium, and potassium. So watch the electrolyte video that I have, read the electrolyte article that I have, start supplementing with electrolytes that might take a while because you might be super deficient. Keep in mind that the arteries... Um, the ones that go away from the heart that the blood is pumping through to the uh, metabolically active tissues actually have muscles. And what do they need to relax? Magnesium. Yeah, magnesium. Skeletal muscle contractions is regulated by calcium. And relaxation after the contraction is regulated by magnesium. So start supplementing with a boatload of magnesium to the point you almost get diarrhea. Yeah, 200 milligrams magnesium is glycinate with each meal. Might be a little bit too much, but hey, you're clearly deficient. So start doing that. Take the telmosartan out because it clearly had no benefit. Wait, tomorrow there will be like 100 posts on Instagram. <laughs> telmosartan is the best thing known to man, and I invented it. Uh, God. Um, look into magnesium. Yeah, and maybe supplement with a little bit of potassium alongside of the potassium that you get from your diet. Pinpoint how much magnesium and potassium you get from your diet first. And then if you want extra calcium alongside of that, um, you know, you can get that from food sources. Yeah, add some yogurt to your diet, bro. Add, add some calcium uh, or casein uh, caseinate or hydrolyzed casein protein full with ca uh, calcium. So... You can always get your electrolytes in, and then you probably don't need telmosartan. Save that for when you're on a real cycle, because 500 tests is, is cute, you know, but <laughs> it's not really a real cycle. It's more than TRT, though. Wheaties. Yeah, I don't see a question, so I'll take your super sticker and uh, roll with it. Spacer. I like spacers. 
Um, spacing guilt. <laughs> week four of 300 milligrams testosterone, 100 milligrams a decade per week, but forgot to quit weed. Uh, we'll look to kill gyno with raloxifene and quit smoking. Any advice on weed withdrawal? It's rough. Uh, slowly taper that down and look into cerebralizin because cerebralizin can help with withdrawals of so many compounds, including kratom, weed, uh, other opiates, you know, sleeping pills. Cerebralizin, yes, it's a big injection, five to 10 milliliters per day, but it can help with a lot of withdrawals for a lot of people. Don't go from weed to kratom. That's pathetic. And I can deal with my weed withdrawal with kratom. You're just replacing one drug with another drug and you're still addicted. And I've had a lot of consultations with people who are addicted to kratom because it's so readily available and they're in a roller coaster of pain. So um, look up the side effects of raloxifene regarding clotting risk and then decide if you want to take that. What I would do is... Uh, you know, look into L-tyrosine and uh, vitamin B6, P5P, 500 milligrams L-tyrosine twice per day and vitamin B6, 100 milligrams twice per day with your L-tyrosine for dopamine levels increase to bring your prolactin down, taper off the wheat, maybe use 5 to 10 milliliters cerebralycin before bed to help with the withdrawal symptoms and kind of heal your brain from a receptor sensitivity and neurotransmitter perspective and then give it time. Yeah, give it time. Or take the DECA out. I mean, nobody's forcing you to take DECA. <laughs> I mean, if you want to bring your prolactin down and your libido uh, up and the gyno uh, issues down, then instead of taking the raloxifene, just take the deca out. You know, add in a little bit of mastrone. Mastrone actually prevents gynecomastia. Yeah, it might actually reduce your prolactin levels because it also reduces your estrogen levels. And then over time, the deca will metabolize and the prolactin in the gyno is no longer an issue. You don't need to take raloxifene and risk blood clots. All right, MC. Uh, does using singular. Uh, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. Mono Lucast. Uh, I have no idea what it is. So you're asking the wrong guy. Please retract your super chat because I have no idea, dear, what that is. Um, so, sorry. Ask uh, Chat GPT, <laughs> I would say. Uh, how does nandrolone only cycle work if the free and total testosterone crash? Does nandrolone plus estradiol cover all test functions? No, it doesn't. But again, you know, everybody has different genetic polymorphisms and re response to testosterone. Some people respond better if they don't have any testosterone or very low levels, just purely coming from neurosteroid conversion in their bloodstream. And the estradiol levels are also low. So there's plenty of anecdotal reports that nandrolone only works well. Some people use uh, a you know, Dianabol for a little bit of estradiol in the form of methyl estradiol. Some people use nandrolone plus enclomiphene or clomids, right, for the LH and FSH secretion, albeit that nandrolone dosages can't really go too high because you still get down regulation through the progesterone receptor. So enclomiphene or clomid might not work entirely in raising your estradiol and testosterone levels. Some people do HCG. Did I mention HCG already? I think I did. Right, nandrolone and HCG. Some people take, like, 25 milligrams testosterone for a little bit of estradiol and some people take exogenous estradiol in the form of estradiol valerate or ethanol estradiol coming from birth control so um you know i, I think testosterone cycles work for like 99 percent of the people but for one percent of the people who could still be millions out there uh yeah <laughs> you know maybe nandrolone plus some sort of estradiol and testosterone replacement albeit at low doses works the best right again blood work will tell you the final results and um since nandrolone and most steroids are related to uh, cardiovascular issues around the heart do your ct scan and mri scan after a couple of years of doing these kinds of practices to keep yourself in check all right another super chat thank you 
Megan Schrader, could you replace HCG with DHA if you don't care about fertility? Yes, you can. I don't know about it now, but my doctor last year refused TRT treatment due to fertility. Uh, because your fertility went down or I don't know. I mean, if your doctor refuses, just give him the middle finger and do it by yourself. I mean, you don't need approval from these quacks. <laughs> just do it by yourself. Just make sure that you do it in an educated fashion and you respect your body in the meantime, right? Because if the doctor says no, but you have everything in place, the finances and the uh, the place where you can do blood work and organ imaging and the highest uh, quality pharmaceuticals, just do it by yourself. You don't need these people's approval unless you have a medical health condition and then they're forced to help you. <laughs> I can't help you because you're on TRT. <laughs> you're right, dude. <laughs> you're right. You're paying for these fuckers. So without your being sick, they, they wouldn't have a job. And if they refuse you anyway... Do a, a nice uh, vacation somewhere where the medical uh, field is a little bit more um, progressive, like Thailand, for example. You can just walk in and schedule whatever test you want to do and pay out of pocket. You still give the middle finger to these doctors back home. The more people who do that and more people who start paying taxes somewhere else, the more those people go bankrupt. Ha. Um, so, yeah, if you don't want to use ACG, take like 25 milligrams, 50 milligrams DHEA for your neurosteroids while using TRT. And... Um, if you're not on TRT and you can source DHEA or HCG, you can probably also uh, source testosterone. So it's not that difficult. You know, just uh, do it. <laughs> I'm still motivated. Yeah, monotone Steve. It's just a voice, man. Too much training in my day. And fuck, it's two o'clock in the morning. All right. Where are we? David Fry, thanks, man. I love that we can reach out to you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing my best. But today's been a uh, it's been a frustrating day. So if you don't seem too so excited, it's my bad. <laughs> All right. House Cat, any concerns uh, using amino asylum injectable aminos using only one milliliter given their water 20, milli uh, 20 milliliters? Like the effects, but sketch about piercing water vial. Jesus Christ, guys, please write it out so I can read it, for fuck's sake. So, let's decipher it from Housecat, who probably had too many drinks while typing this. So, he's worried about drawing one milliliter from an amino asylum injectable aminos 20 times, because the vials contain 20 milliliters, right? So, 20 servings of one milliliter, you have to pierce the vial 20 times, right? And inject a little bit of air, um, you know, to make sure you have a normal pressure which you can always remove afterwards. But if you pierce it 20 times, then the rubber stopper might leak some air in. Anyway, uh, amino asylum uses bacteriostatic water, benzo alcohol, right? For most of their amino, uh, you know, amino blends. So it's always sterile due to the benzo alcohol. So you don't have to worry about it, right? Um, and what you can also do is if you're worried about the 20 milliliters, you just transfer 10 milliliters to a sterile vial, which you can buy on Amazon. They're super cheap. They're like a dollar each. Transfer 10 milliliters to a sterile vial. So then you re-vacuum um, the 10 milliliters from the amino asylum so there's no air in there. You don't have to worry about pollutants. You keep it in a dark and stable temperature place. Then you draw 10 times from the 10 milliliter vial that you just created. And thus, this other 10 milliliters doesn't get um, contaminated potentially with pollutants in the air, which are probably going to be nullified by the benzoalcohol. 
So I've used many a product from Amino Asylum and many a product in general that was 20 milliliters or 30 milliliters or 50 milliliters. And as long as they brew it properly, then there's no issue with sterility. I've had more problems with um, underground lab, uh, like, like, you know, like 10 milliliter vials where you only take like 50 milligrams of nandrolone, for example, per week. And then, of course, a vial like that will last, you know, if you have 250 milligrams for one milliliter that lasts ages, then halfway through the vial, you get a little bit of post-injection pain, you know. But, you know, with these products, you go through these 20 milliliters quite fast because everybody loves those crazy pumps. And then, um, yeah, and so by the time you run through it, you know, there's no issues by the end of the last milliliter. All right, so what is this? Natural supplements in 7.5 milligrams clomiphene every other day. Test went from 560 to 900. <laughs> nice. But I don't feel a big difference. Should I continue this strategy? Um, well, if you don't feel a big difference, maybe that's because the clomiphene is giving you some estrogen-like effects. So even though your testosterone levels almost uh, doubled, maybe this estrogen burden or estrogen-like effect that you're now getting from the clomiphene um, makes you feel a little bit off. I mean, did you get stronger? Did you put on more weight? Did you put on more size? Right? I, I would expect that a doubling of testosterone would give you that pretty much. And if you don't notice a difference, let's see if you notice a difference when you take the clomid out. Yeah, do that for a month or two. See if you notice a difference then. Sometimes these differences are so subtle, they come up slowly. You don't notice a difference even though there's a clear difference. But when you take the drug out, then you start to feel bad, which in reality, you just feel the exact same that you used to feel but you didn't realize how bad you felt before because that was normal. But now you have a new normal that's twice as high testosterone levels. So take it out and let's see what happens. But I would rather look into enclomiphene or go with the cycle because, guys, clomid, enclomiphene, raloxifene, tamoxifene, tormiphene, clotting risk. How many fucking times do I need to say it? Why do you think I'm not doing clomid right now? <laughs> you know? Clomid is great fertility medication, but there's clotting risk. Why, why would I risk this shit in this day and age? Why? For a little bit of test? Take some ATG. Hey, my pleasure, Sean. All right, Domin Bollinger. Jeez, there's a lot of super chats. All right. Give me some time, guys. I'm going through them as fast as I can. Ryan, thank you for the info. I just finished 10 weeks at 450 milligrams testosterone, 120 milligrams trimalone acetate, two IUs growth hormone. Got great results. And yes, I know it was a bro cycle. Well, I mean, it sounds fine to me. I pick up the insulin ebook currently six feet and 220 pounds, 14% body fat. All right. So where's the question then? <laughs> I'll, take your I'll take your 10 bucks and compliment. <laughs> Much appreciated, buddy. Uh, but yeah, it sounds, sounds good to me, man. I mean, if it works, it works. You know, there's so many ways to run a cycle, but if you get results and minimal side effects, it works. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you can do like this and that. You got results. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So I'm happy for you, Ryan. Uh, enjoy that insulin ebook. And then the next time you do a cycle, do it like 16 weeks incrementally build up your dosages from 250 trend 70 uh, 250 test 70 trend 2 IUs growth hormone and maybe 10 IUs Atlantis and then slowly start building that up as uh, I described in the bioidentical um, 
the off-season cycles of bioidentical hormones. And of course, that insulin ebook will uh, take you the long way for uh, maximum gains. And you might end up at 500 tests and 150 train. And four, I use a growth hormone and 10, 15, 20 units of lantus. Six feet still, you're not going to grow, but maybe 240 pounds at 12% body fat. Sounds good, right? Yeah, get some condoms because you're going to need them. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe the kind of guy that doesn't use them. Um, I hope your aim is good. I take replacement T3. If I was to add growth hormone, three to four, I use black tops. Use some pharma grade, dude. And increase the T4 to T3 conversion. Any worry on extra stress on the thyroid? So if you're already taking T3, your thyroid stimulating hormones already are reduced to the point you probably don't have so much T4 in your system anyway. Now the growth hormone is going to convert this T4 into a little bit more T3, but there's not so much T4 to convert. Now your T3 levels will probably be higher and thus your thyroid stimulating hormone levels will be lower. So what you need to do is uh, add double the dose of uh, T3 on T4. So if you're taking 25 micrograms T3, add in 50 micrograms T4, 12.5 micrograms T3 in the morning with 25 micrograms T4. And then again in the afternoon, not too late, otherwise it will keep you awake. And this way, your thyroid stimulating hormone shouldn't be crushed, but you still have an adequate amount of T4 to convert it to T3 um, and not have any issues with your thyroid because TSH is not zero because you're splitting up your dosages. And uh, there's T4 present for uh, the conversion of T4 into T3 through the deiodinase enzyme activity upregulation that this much growth hormone potentiates, uh, assuming your black tops are legit. And I haven't touched any generics in ages. I just roll with the real stuff. Jing Quan sounds like a Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> Jing Quan, Shang Tsung. Did you guys see that new Mortal Kombat one? Oh man. Uh, where was that game when I was younger? All right, Brian, please don't laugh. Any difference between test probe the final weeks? No, I'm just uh any difference between testosterone propionate the final weeks leading uh, into the show instead of testosterone and they uh, no there's no difference there's no difference unless you inject it differently so if you inject this probe every day but testosterone anything bi-weekly then yes there's a difference in uh, hormone levels serum levels of estradiol etc but if you inject both every day pretty much the same unless you're the kind of guy that needs to take his testosterone out a week or two before the show then even then you can take the testosterone out two weeks before the show and the probe one week before the show and you'll still look crispy. So honestly, it doesn't fucking matter, dude. I've helped guys on a budget that just ran test probe, Mastron anathates and the Primo, uh, Primo anathates and they ran it all the way to the show and they still showed up shredded. You know, didn't have Anavar, didn't have Winstrol, didn't have Halotestin, didn't have Superdrol, didn't have Anadrol. Just those three because they were cheap. And Primo was a little bit more expensive, but they found it to be safer than, you know, the lipid crushing wind straws and stuff. They showed up to look good because they trained hard. So, no, man, test is test. The injection frequency means more than the ester. Oh, Jin Kwan has a question. Uh, hey, Steve, after genotropin is diluted, how long will it be good in the fridge stored at 4 degrees Celsius? I would say a month, but it can also be 60 days. Um you know, those genotropin pens, I think the highest is like 45 IUs. So if you use two IUs per day, you're uh, you're running to it in, uh, well, let's say three weeks. Yeah, so you'll finish it well before the expiration date. Usually these pens are like 30 days after reconstitution. You know, and they say after opening, usually 30 days. 
And, uh, you know, as long as it's clear and you, you get a normal response, I've used insulin from the same syringe for or like, you know, you get 300 IUs of Lantus, right? So that's, you know, in one cartridge, you use five IUs per day. <clears throat> that lasts 60 days. And the first dose is just as effective as the last dose, you know? So don't worry about it. And otherwise, send your gene to open to me. I'll take care of it for you. So uh, let's see. Jack, <clears throat> get some water in. I'm seeing a cardiologist now for LVT with low ejection fraction of 41%. Dropped my dose TRT and prescribed 40 milligrams of lisinobril, 25 milligrams Toprol. Not familiar with that medication. Also cut my training volume and intensity. Anything else I should do? Um, no. I, I have no idea what you can do to increase your ejection fraction. I've never faced this problem, so I never really looked into it. And uh, most of the people that came to me with a reduced ejection fraction, I would refer them to a doctor, which I am not. So dropping your TRT is a good idea. Um, being on a, uh, you know, an ACE inhibitor, lisinopril and toprol, I'm not really sure what that is. Is that a diuretic? Let's see, toprol. Toprol, XR is a beta blocker. Okay. Um, yeah, again, if they feel that that's the most suitable approach, then look into that. Look into my heart-healthy supplements that I mentioned in the mitochondrial support stack and in the optimized endurance stack. So that's a taurine, the ubiquinol, electrolytes, chilicid fulvic acid, PQQ. Look into those supplements. I have videos about that. And then start supplementing with that. If you feel that there's uh, no scientific evidence against using these supplements in context of having low ejection fraction, and then give it like two or three months, do a lot of cardio, because that can have a positive uh, remodeling effect on your heart as well. And then do another um, CT scan, MRI, or echocardiogram to make sure that your ejection fraction is going up. And otherwise, um, don't do anything crazy until your ejection fraction go up. But some people just need to get their valves replaced. <laughs> you know. So again, it's um, stay on top of it and treat, treat these conditions like a project um, to get yourself as healthy as possible as fast as possible and get your back to what was it? The good ejection fraction of like 50%, 60% at least. I wish you all the best. Ryan, just throwing cash at you. Jesus, you probably had a good month this uh, July. <laughs> I'll take your advice and lowered 500, uh, 400, 500 milligrams of test, 400, 500 milligrams, Primo, 4 IUs, GH, look into insulin, and hand as well. Lo looking to run this next cycle for 20 weeks. Yeah, that sounds a lot better. But again, you can start at half the dose of test and half the dose of Primo. Uh, so that's two, two, 200 to 250 milligrams of test, same for Primo, three IOs, growth hormone, and then just build your way up. So if it's 20 weeks, you probably have three increments or at least two increments at, let's say, a week 10 and, uh, you know, the start of week 10. And then, uh, you know, increase it because you don't need to burden yourself from the start. You can do that later on when you start, uh, stall making progress. So it's uh, it's just something, you know, dose increase just need to take place when, when progress stalls after you've already made the food adjustments. You know, it's very, very boring, but that's the way you keep yourself healthy. All right, Domine Bolliger. Hey, Steve, my girl has continuous pain in her groin area. She takes tramadol daily to ease the pain and other any medications. I think it's nerve pain. Uh, go to a doctor. <laughs> Dude, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Right? Or unless she's sleeping with some black guy, right? And uh, you know, 
maybe she's uh, you know sleeping behind your back with mandigo you never know right you never know with these women so if she has continuous pain in her groin take her to the doctor do an ultrasound on her for jj and see if there's any uh you know polycystic uh, ovary disease or, or or just other issues you know don't sit there taking popping tramadols all day to block the pain get it diagnosed and see what's going on you know if it's nerve pain get it diagnosed right as soon as you give a diagnosis you can take appropriate action to get it fixed get fit tips for maintaining healthy relationships and not having your girlfriend wife cheat on you out of boredom and keep her entertained having a hard time fully committing to relationships p.s not on train and thank you for all your vids uh it's very simple man if you if you are afraid that your girlfriend wife is going to cheat on you or you're having a hard time fully committing to a relationship uh have fun but don't commit it's not that difficult right i mean when when you want to maintain a healthy relationship it's with the person that you want to stay with i went through hundreds of girls that i didn't want to stay with because they were all you know not up to par of what i wanted out of a relationship it was only until i met my wife it was like you know what this can work and now look at us almost 10 years later we're still happy to be married i would never be you know worried that she's going to cheat on me that she's going to get bored uh i'm fully committed to the relationship as i'm sure 100 that she is as well because we keep it real with each other you know we're open we're transparent we're honest i keep her updated if i feel uncomfortable with some things and, and vice versa right we don't, you know, do these little stabby uh, bullshit things that most uh, relationships uh, do, you know. <sighs> you know, if you want to have a healthy relationship, it's got to be healthy from the start. And then you grow together. And if you don't feel like that from the start, then it's just not going to work. Just fuck some other girl, get it over with. I mean, it's not a big deal. There's plenty of girls in the in the, in the the planet. I mean, looking, judging by your avatar, it looks like you got some shoulders and some biceps on you. So you should be able to, you know, uh, whip your dick out somewhere else and get laid easily. Really, guys, don't commit to a relationship unless you're 100% um, sure. And if you're worried that she's going to cheat or you can't fully commit yourself, then it's not meant to be. <laughs> it's that simple. It's just find somebody else to get committed to. And if you feel that they're going to cheat on you, then if you feel that with a lot of women, if you're afraid that they're going to cheat on you, then there's something wrong with you, right? You're not providing the security or you're not providing financial or you're not masculine enough or you're not good enough maybe you just need to travel and fuck another couple of hundred girls over the next 10 years before you feel confident in yourself that you can settle in a relationship with a girl is not going to cheat on you you know 100 that that's not going to happen because she's the you're the best that she can get and we know that my wife knows 100 that she's the best i can get and vice versa right there's nobody here that is on level of my wife not a single woman in thailand that's on her level and there's not a single dude in thailand that's on my level at least for her right so and then it's easy dude there's no alternative so why would you worry and otherwise uh yeah you know stay single let's <laughs> you know, stay single flare 93 Hey, Steve, I want to add to I use a growth hormone. I need to take 75 micrograms T4 each day to the previous thyroid surgery. Do I increase my T4 intake with the two I use a growth hormone? I don't think it's necessary, but do your uh, you know, thyroid panel before uh, and then a month after to I use a growth hormone to see if you need to go to 100 micrograms T4. Your blood work will tell you everything. So if your TSH goes up, your T4 goes down, and your T3 goes up, 
or your T3 goes down, right? TSH is going up and the other markers are going down or one of them is going down, then you need to add in a little bit more T4. If your TSH stayed the same or uh, your T4 went a little bit down and your T3 went up, I think you're fine, right? So go with blood fork. All right, where, where's your question then? Didn't I just answer it? Yeah, here. I already answered it, but we're probably not to the bottom of the chat. <laughs> All right, let me know. Otherwise, use the timestamps when Olvera is done with them. Uh, thoughts on four, I use Nova Rapid, plus two, I use Growth Hormone Pre-Workout, and six, I use Post-Workout, 60, 80, uh, Pre, uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, sounds fine. <laughs> so he wants to know if he can use four. I use no for rapid pre-workout and two. I use growth hormone pre-workout with 60 to 80 grams of carbs pre-workout. And then again, 60 to 80 carbs post-workout with six. I use no for rapid post-workout or growth hormone, right? We can't decipher it 100%. Um, but yeah, I think that's fine. I think that is totally fine. Do you check your blood glucose directly pre-workout, post-workout, and uh, and then about two hours after your post-workout meal, right? And then see if you need to make some adjustments. But if you're a freak, this would totally work. I think I'm very, very high up in the chat. Kratos, resting heart rates, 97 to 85. Should I add in a bivalol? Um, no, you should do some daily fasted cardio. <laughs> I know you're trying to bulk on 850 carbs, but, you know, if your resting heart rate is this high, again, you might have undiagnosed sleep apnea. You might be just not cardiovascular fit. Uh, maybe you don't have enough taurine. Maybe you don't have enough electrolytes. Maybe not enough ubiquinol in your diet. Look into all of that first. Because as soon as you add in the bivalol, you need to reduce your carbs. Because carbs, uh, if you reduce your heart rate, your caloric expenditure and requirement goes down. Right? So the bivalol might make you fat. might also be a benefit because a lot of guys, they can't eat more than 850 carbs. So instead of your next increment of foods from 850 carbs to 1,000 grams of carbs, you can add in five milligrams of bivalol to bring your heart rate down. And thus, you save some of these carbohydrates that are now no longer used by these elevated heart rates for your skeletal muscle. Now you don't have to eat so much. All right? So... But bring your heart rate down first with activity and proper supplementation, and then use the lumbivola later on. Right? Don't, you know, try to patch it. Try to improve it. Okay, guys, no more super chats. All right, this is the last one. Because I'm going to wrap it up. <clears throat> Anton Bjork, where should free tests ideally be at? 10 picograms per milliliter or low? Dude, it doesn't fucking matter. Stop, stop fixating on free tests. The numbers, wherever they are, where you feel good. It's not only about free tests. Stop listening to these cookie cutter TRT retards. Right? The R in TRT now stands for uh, retard. Yeah, testosterone re retard uh, therapy. Yeah, it's for these people who have no clue what hormone actually do in the body. You need full hormone replacement therapy. That's exogenous testosterone, exogenous DHEA, exogenous pre uh, pregnant alone, maybe HCG for testicular function, uh, some sort of method to keep your estradiol levels in check, but also not overdo it to the point you crush your SHBG. And if your SHBG is high 
and you feel that your free testosterone is a missing link of having good libido, good motivation, good masculinity, then yes, by all means, bring it down. But whatever the fuck your free testosterone is, look at the total hormone picture. All right, 10 picograms per milliliter could be low, could be high. I don't know what your total testosterone, I don't know what your SHBG levels are. So write it on a diary and see what you need to uh, make an adjustment. All right, modafinil is causing me to itch, tingle badly when I heat up or begin to sweat. Is there any way to avoid this without stopping? <laughs> I was just going to recommend you to stop taking modafinil. Um, I've never had that itch or tingle when I heat up or begin to sweat. So um, I don't know. Stop taking it for a while. See if it still happens. Maybe it's caused by something else. Maybe the modafinil that you're taking is not very pure. Maybe it has some contaminants. Maybe it's armodafinil or flardafinil or whatever. Maybe you should go with Modiwake. You know, at least that's generic modafinil, provisional, uh, you know, pharmaceutical modafinil, not with something cooked in somebody's bathtub, you know. And um, yeah, I've never heard that. Maybe you're, I've heard people get these sensations from the binders, right? My wife one time used, uh, you know, a compound that had a binder and she get all red and itchy and stuff. And then she took it out and she stopped having it. So maybe it was like shellfish or something else right she would take the same compound here and there but then we switched brands because the, the other brand wasn't available and then uh, she got itchy and and uh, you know a little bit of rash and and you know patches and shit and she took it out and was gone let's switch to the previous brand when it came available again and then she didn't have an issue so maybe it's not the modafinil maybe you just need to switch brands because it's the binder that the modafinil is uh, you know produced in Jay John, top of front, uh, front of a bicep for the anger and legit reason, Steve. Okay, big thanks, awesome channel. My pleasure. Yeah, it's been a long day. People still doing super chats, right? For fuck's sake. People don't listen, huh? Maintaining high libido stack recommendations. Watch the fucking libido videos. There you go. Take your $5 and stick it up your asshole. Uh, stake it, you know, roll it and slide it down that girl's ass crack. You know, like you would do in the fucking strip club. Um, guys, I have tons of videos on my YouTube channel. Go watch them. Go watch them so I can fucking grow this channel beyond 100,000 subscribers. You know, and uh, the $5, it's great. But yeah, I would rather have you uh, watch the libido videos here. Man, how many libido videos do I have? I have. Uh, I can't show them because otherwise it will go down. But I, I have for sure five libido videos. So what about monstrous ejaculations? Eh? One about how to improve your libido with HCG. One to improve your libido with oxytocin and SMAX. One to improve your libido with just everything combined. And then also one for women. Yeah, You show that one to your wife or your girlfriend or your partner or your soon-to-be uh, bed girl. And then you watch that video yourself. And then you have sex to the point your shins and now your, your pelvic uh, floor fractures. <sighs> All right, last one here. More super chats. I'm just at one point, I'm just going to end the broadcast abruptly. Aromacin, okay, with Clomid or Novadex preferred. Clomid for PCT and Aromacin only if your estradiol levels are high. Okay. Let's see. Steve, can we donate in crypto? Yes, below every video, there's actually five donation links where you can donate in crypto. Um, but nobody has done so, so far. <laughs> so feel free to be the first. Yeah. But every donation, of course, will be multiplied 5 to 10x over the next 10 years. Hard fork crypto knows. All right, guys, I'm going to 
I'm going to throw in the towel. It's been a long day. I hope I wasn't too moody. Uh, hopefully we can get to the, the, you know, the, the studio up and running again. I might have to reinstall my, uh, um, laptop or just buy a new one. And then, uh, geez, stop at the fucking super chats. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Kiss my ass. Try. I don't know what currency it is, but. It's not dollars. All right. So, sorry for all the moody shit. Uh, we'll try again next week. And uh, yeah, enjoy your Saturday, guys. I will uh, have some nice hamburgers tomorrow to take the edge off life. All right. Peace out. Fingers crew. You know what to do. Hit that like button. Uh, share with all the people who would like to see me rant as well. So they can make shorts out of it and do reaction videos. And then we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> peace out. Take it easy.